Hi everybody, welcome back to Kingdom 101 Relationships. I am Pastor Lunzine Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship and I have the honor of being your teacher tonight. So we are going to uh, just dive right in. We're going to pray and then we're going to start talking and I'm going to share some testimonies with you and we're going to look at some of the questions and comments that have been posted on the website and uh, we'll move into all kinds of cool stuff. So this is a great day to begin. Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for those that are hearers that have gathered together to hear the sound of Holy Spirit, to hear the voice of the Spirit of God talking to each of us about relationships. I thank you, Lord, that you open up our understanding. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you you grace us with the goodness of your presence, taking us into places that only those that are hungry to hear from you would be able to go. I thank you for the power of this word, and I thank you for the power of your presence, and I thank you for your goodness, and for the tender mercies, and for the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God. I pray for those that are, uh, I guess I would say, first hearers, meaning that they actually showed up at 645 and pressed play, and I pray for those that catch us on uh, the second, third, or fourth go-round. I thank you for the work, the good work that you began in us, that you bring to completion, and that you will open up this word, really open up this word, so that we will all be hearers and students of you, Holy Spirit, to hear what it is that you have to say. And I pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I don't know how your days went, but I had kind of an interesting one. I spent time at the dentist. I have a temporary... Uh, crown, bridge, whatever the thing is called in my mouth. I know it hurts. <laughs> so you have to kind of forgive me um, if I, I think, slow down my speech or do something like that. Because, yeah, I'm kind of in a little bit of pain. I've laid hands on me and, yeah, Band-Aids too. So anyway, it's it's just uh, it's an, it's a marvelous, wonderful day to be alive. If I have time tonight, I'm going to share a testimony with you. But I really want to get into this. I want to say thank you to the people that have sent questions. Uh, regarding Kingdom 101 relationships, I want to remind you that there are notes for what we're talking about that are posted on the website. Most likely, there are not going to be any new ones unless I post something later because I'm going to actually go back over the ones that we have thus far. And it gives you an opportunity to, I don't know if you're tracking with us to do homework or not, but it does at least give you an opportunity to to catch up, to and to, and to go where it is. I'm sitting in my kitchen, and so I'm sitting in front of my computer. My camera is way up there, and I'm not really sure where to look, so if I'm looking down, sorry. <laughs> but it's it's keeping it like that. So these are the pre-recorded ones, as you know. And we will go live again the day before Thanksgiving, so that Wednesday before, the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving is the next time I'm going to do a live Facebook and uh, I'll get better at this as well. But what I want to talk about, it's kind of cool that I'm here by myself because it gives me an opportunity to maintain focus and maybe even share things with you that open me up a little bit more to be vulnerable. But hey, we're talking relationships and I am a relationship oriented person. So this is probably a really, it is a tremendous treat to me because I don't always do well in relationships, but I am relationship oriented. And I know people talk about their uh, love language. That's one of the things that I've heard about. 
and I'm a touch person. So chances are very good if you're anywhere near me, I'm going to reach out and touch you. I'm, I'm going to touch your shoulder or your back or whatever, you know, wherever part of you <laughs> that's decent comes within my, my sphere because I communicate that way. I, I do talk with my hands a lot, but I do communicate with people by touch. It's my way of connecting. And my daughter is the one that pointed that out to me because I really didn't know. I just know I don't have a lot of, what do you call it? that personal space people talk about a couple of inches six inches or whatever it is that that when you are around people are supposed to stay away and I know they talk six feet now but I'm not that person I have actually been on elevators uh, and stood there like in the center which is what you do when you have the elevator to yourself and had people come and get on I remember a day it's many years ago I was standing in the elevator and this woman gets on, you know, to, to ride with me. Now, typically, people move over far side or something like that to not get too close to personal space. This lady came and stood right next to me. I mean, like, shoulder to shoulder. And we're going down probably a 22-floor uh, elevator. But she had to sit. She stood right next to me. Why did she do that? I have a feeling it was because the Spirit of God brought a sense of security and for whatever reason, she needed to be close, not far away. So what I noticed, though, was it didn't bother me. I think many of us will look at, excuse me, you know, personal space here, back off or something. But it did not bother me at all. Now, it, obviously, it wasn't a creepy thing. But it was just one of those things where it's like, well, okay, if that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. And so we rode all the way down, we smiled, and that was the end of that. But I'm kind of used to that. People want to be near you when the Spirit of God is coming out of you, or else they, they want nothing to do with you. But I've been very blessed to be able to be around people that are understanding that I'm not trying to be weird or anything when I touch, take a hand, rub a shoulder, do whatever it is that I'm doing. It's always a term of affection or connection. And so that's something that I have to be aware of because we're talking about being self-aware. That's why I'm, I'm telling you some of this. I have to be very aware that that's something that I, that I do so that I'm also careful uh, not to be offensive. But it is a, it's a need for me to connect with people. And so I understand that about me. And when I'm having that conversation with the Spirit of God with regard to how I receive His love, I understand that I'm always looking for God to touch me. I'm always looking. I also respond to that pat on the shoulder. or, or the, I have friends that I'll sit and talk with, male and female, actually. And we'll hold hands while we're talking because I'm a hand holder. <laughs> and um, it's it's that conversation again. Um, to me, another way of connecting is that I'm able to sit over whatever the beverage of the day is. It can be water. It can be sport drink. It can be protein shake. It can be coffee, tea. Um, I don't do juice, actually. But, uh, you know, it's less the the beverage or the meal and it's more the fellowship 
the connection. Because I like being around people that carry the same Jesus that I do. And I like being around people that don't know him yet, but mayhap there's something in me that I can give to them. So, and I, I, I find it kind of interesting because naturally speaking, I'm kind of, uh, I can be kind of off-putting because I'm, I'm, I'm very quiet or I get inclusive. I can talk a blue streak and I can be so quiet. It makes people uncomfortable. It's because I'm not being deep. I'm not being uh, offensive. Though some do get offended. It's just if I don't actually have anything to say, I don't say it. But I do enjoy being in the presence of somebody that's comfortable with that. So those are connections that when I spend time with the Lord, sometimes I don't actually talk. I will talk to him prior to entering into that quiet place. And then I sit and I can be still for a long time to listen to him and I listen slowly, if that makes any sense at all. I can talk fast, but I will listen slow because I'm absorbing and I want to hear what it is that he has to say. And so I'm giving you that because it's also mayhap the way I communicate with you. I'm not all like run or take your mark, get set and go and speeding out tonight. Instead, it's more of let's have this conversation let's take our time let's work through some of these comments and questions that other people have have asked and let's talk about healing and let's let's just review that's my point we're reviewing so there most likely again is not going to be anything new added to the site so you'll be able to to catch up with the study notes you should look in the links that are on the on our facebook page because those will tell you places to go. So I'm not going to do points of study, which is what this was. And this is the one that just tells you what kingdom relationships, what the absolutes are. But I am going to deal with number five, which is every relationship we have is rooted in love for someone, something, or some desire or some belief. Because I kind of want to catch, and I'm, I'm asking the Spirit of the Lord what the scriptures actually are for this one. Because this is where sometimes we can get derailed. Because every relationship we have is rooted in love for someone, or it's rooted in love for something, or it's rooted in love for some desire or some belief. Wrong desires, wrong beliefs about ourselves, lies that we have listened to and we have not connected with the Spirit of the Lord will take us, can, can cause us to be derailed. Uh, I know people that get in relationships over and over again with the same person. It may not be the same individual in the body, but it's that same spirit. Why? Because that that internal thing on the inside of them, they've never given it to God, never gone back to God and said, why do I need to be validated this way? I've, I've done that, you know, where you you keep getting involved with a person that doesn't actually, they either uh, don't fit your calling or they're, they're always they're, they carry a drama. They carry a something. Sometimes there's just a, there's a, there's a attraction that we will have. I think it's a fascination with the wrong things. We internally, we've never been healed. We've allowed a wound. We've allowed a, a lie, something to fester on the inside of us. We've never taken it to God. We've never had that conversation with him. Or if we did, and he started it, we might've stopped it. And, 
And so we still carry a longing, a need to be validated, a need to be found attractive, a need to be found love worthy or, or something like that. And that's a caveat, a, a warning that I'm, I'm going to speak. I'm going to hit some sensitive stuff. I'm sure uh, you always have the option to pause or walk away. But if you stick with us, you have the, the power, the grace that will come to you to be made free. All right. So. Um, let me go ahead and, and address some of these comments and questions, and we're going to roll those in to this overall uh, Kingdom 101 relationship that we're having tonight. One question that was asked was, how do you get out of a rut after being widowed for 18 years? Well, I've never been widowed, but I have been divorced for over, over 18 years. And I understand, you know, um, being in a rut, being in a Another way I think of maybe defining the word rut would be having a pattern of behavior, a comfort zone, something that I, I have established maybe accidentally, maybe it was just things that I allowed to happen to myself because some of us, we allow, we become victims of our own lives. We allow things to um, to continue in our lives. And look at this in Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 1, it says, now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. And that the foundation uh, has already been laid for us to build upon, turning away from our dead works to embrace faith in God. Now that's the Passion Translation. The King James says, therefore, leaving the, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God. Now, if you're talking about being in a in a in a a quagmire, a swamp, a rut, a pattern of behavior that you really need to break because it's not progressing you, then you probably have been stuck with a message that's playing in your head. Now the scripture is talking about the elementary principles of doctrine which we all need to know. But when I look at that, one of the things that it kind of raises for me is what about when I'm traveling on a path, I'm traveling in a way that's comfortable and it doesn't, it does not require God to do anything other than just be there for me. And, and, and so in my head, I'm thinking, I don't need God in this, or I don't want God in this, or I don't seem to, I don't think I have God in this. And so I'm just going to go through the motions of life. I'm not a person that's going to take any more risk because after being widowed for a period of time or divorced or whatever it is, you're hurt. You are in pain of some kind, whether it's it's the death of the spouse, it's the death of the marriage, death, the spirit of death has come into your life and you are going to have to allow resurrection power to enter in to be able to turn some things around. Now I'm getting, I, I'm, as I think about it, it's like, wow, because I've been dormant. I've been stag, stagnant, stale, dead to life beyond my misery, life beyond uh, the safety zone, the, the, the area that I can, I can stay in and I won't be hurt. I may choose to love again. I may be desperate for it. I may be mad at God about it. So I'm going to have somebody or do something. That's one of the directions or I'm, the love was wonderful. I'll never fall in love again. This is a wonderful person. I'm going to close myself off to it because you know what? I've had enough of that or a kind of a mix in between. It was very good, but
but I don't want to take the risk of being with anybody else because I don't want to be hurt like this ever again. And if somebody died on me again, I don't know what I would do. Uh, I don't want to marry again. Um, or I want to marry right away. Why? I get into a rut of of behaviors, of 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 not wanting to be alone, of 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 wanting to prove to the person that left me, or I, you know, the marriage trashed, or whatever it is. And I want to prove that somebody wants me. I'm going to prove to them I can get somebody better than you. I can get somebody that maybe doesn't fit my calling, but they fit my fancy. You ever done that? I have. Um, I'm sure lots of you have. You can heart it or star it or comment or whatever. This goes back to what we're saying. Every relationship we have is rooted in love for someone. Now, those relationships where you pick the wrong person on person on purpose, they're not rooted in love for that person. They're rooted in a need that you have to be validated because of your insecurities or your whatever. You know, it there's something about that person that's hard to get. There's something about that person that appears to be elusive. Many women have chased after men because nobody could get them. I, I, I remember doing things like that. You, you're kind of like, almost like you want a trophy. You want to be able to prove, see, I'm better than everybody else because I can get him or her to pay attention to me. I'm the daughter of um, an incredible, my parents are gorgeous. Uh, my mom and my dad, uh, and I saw pictures of them in their youth. My dad um, was similar in appearance. I, I saw a picture of him one time where he's wearing swimming trunks, and he reminded me of the boxer uh, Muhammad Ali. He was built like that, and I said, I cannot look at this picture because this is my dad. And I saw a picture of my mom, and, and my gosh, how beautiful and shapely and amazing, and she's still gorgeous, but um, she she was, and I thought, wow. I am the daughter. My dad was hard to get. He was not hard to get, but he was hard to get in some ways. And my mom is the woman that got him. So what did that say to me? I am not only the daughter of a of a of a man that many women found attractive, and they definitely did and still do, because daddy still, yeah, still. And um, but I'm also the daughter of the woman that was able to get him. So I have some interesting um, outlooks and, and, and perspectives on, on things because because my parents, I, I, I always look at both of them and I just think, wow, you know, these people are, they're, wow. Um, I didn't have that super duper uh, nuclear family upbringing. I was actually raised by my grandmother for the first uh, 12 years of my life. I, I didn't go live with my mom until I was almost 13. My dad was not actually in the picture, all right? Um, there's a lot of history and a lot of all that other kind of stuff there. So how is it possible that I can talk about my parents and I'm very proud of both of them and I, you know, my mom is, is really my hero and she has been pretty much my whole life, so much so that I kind of lived in a shadow world because I made the mistake of comparing comparisons. I'm going all over the place, but believe me, we'll reach the destination. I compared myself to her and I was always found wanting. I compare, she's taller. She was, you know, just all kinds of stuff. She's amazing. But, and if you know her, you 
can check her out on Tuesday nights on um, More Than Enough Ministries page on Facebook because she is Apostle Baker. And as I said, she's just, wow, she's amazing. So I would, but growing up in that and growing up in the days before she was, uh, before she was who she is right now, um, that was uh, quite, quite an interesting childhood. Let me tell you, I, I'm a lot tougher than I look. Um, because we but we had a lot of fun she was different she was very outspoken she was um she still is and she took us on adventures myself my brother and my sister and um some of the other siblings uh, that we have that were around we went on great adventures mom took no mess she defended us she was our shield she was our protector and so when the time came for me to shift over that relationship with her, that expectation from her and shift it over to God, it was kind of a tearing. Why? Because I needed, I had some desires and some beliefs about my mom. I had some beliefs about myself that, that were not rooted in, they were rooted in a love for something, a need for something, but they were not rooted in the kingdom. They were not rooted in God. And so we've spent some years undoing things and changing uh, uh, perspectives and concepts and just all kinds of kinds of stuff. And whoever you are that needed this, take it, okay? Because I, I that wasn't in the notes. It's not in the notes anywhere. But what I what I am wanting to say is that there was a need there. There was something there in me needing validation and if I wasn't going to be able to get it through the parental then I moved into the opposite sex I was not a very successful um uh how you say a, a, as a teenager and all going up it wasn't I, I didn't know how to do relationship I only knew how to do desperate so um I was warped for one thing, yeah, because a lot of stuff that happened in childhood, a lot of that kind of, I'm sure some of you can guess the stories. So I was one of those people, and I grew up with a victim type of mind. So you're always needing permission to be something more. You're always needing somebody that you consider to be better, greater, smarter, something to be able to pick you, um, you know, like... If you were ever placed uh, elementary school, junior high school sports, and they would pick teams, and he's like, I picked this one, I picked that one. I needed to be one of the first, in the first four to six. I picked Lanzine to be on the team. And because I was athletic and on um, baseball, I was always one of the first two girls picked. So that was, <laughs> that's funny. Um, anyway, I needed to be chosen. I needed to be wanted. Unfortunately, I took that into adulthood, into young adulthood, and then into later years. This need to be wanted was greater than my sense of value, my sense of, of destiny or identity. I didn't know what my identity was. And even coming into the kingdom, even in those days, coming into Christianity, coming into being born from above, I did not know my identity and I needed to be wanted. I needed, and I, what do you do? You, when you're that hurt, when you're that wounded, you go pick something, you go pick somebody, you go pick uh, circumstances that are guaranteed to derail you from, from the true knowledge or from the healing or the wholeness that the Spirit of the Lord has. So you'll pick the wrong man if you're, or, or woman, you'll pick the wrong job, type of jobs, you'll pick 
things that try to meet a wound to try to fix a wound more so than you will go for truth. You won't go for truth. You will hide under deception, a bad attitude. Um, uh, I, I don't, I don't give a rip. I, these people can all go, you know, to the infernals or whatever it is that you happen to be. Your defense mechanisms, your insecurities, your clinginess, or your desperation. Something is going to be off. And the people that we tend to pick in those days, oh, they're not good for us. I'm going to share something with you. I'm writing this book, which I've been writing for a very long time. <laughs> um, seems like, but I am going to finish it. And my character in this book is, her name is uh, Lolita Lumtree, which is, um, Lumtree is an old nickname that I had. And so she's me, and, her, and she's called Lolly. So it's Lolly Lumtree, and um, the book is called Saying Goodbye to the Devil Man and Woman. But in this particular part of the book, she's having a self-talk with herself. She's writing herself a letter. And I want to share this letter, and then we're going to go into some of this other stuff. I, hope, I pray that this is really helping you all as we, as we go on, because this is really stemming about relationship with God and how messed up we are when we're doing a relationship without him. This relationship with self is what I'm talking about. It's the relationship with self and relationship with him. And if the relationship with him is not the primary, if it does not have preeminence, if it's not the first part, then some of this, like I'm talking about right now, this is what you get. So uh, I don't care how mature you think you are. Check this out. Find out for yourself. Okay. So here it says self-talk. Dear Lolly, I feel compelled to write this letter to you in the hope that you will pay attention to your own words. Things are not going well with your love life. You are rapidly advancing toward your mid-30s, and you are still unmarried and childless. Do you even know what you want anymore? Now, I picked this as a, a, a season when I um, wrote this particular thing. It was a different season in my life. But this is a character. It's not me. So, But she is based on me. Here's what she says to herself in her letter. I'm beginning to realize that you only look good on the outside. On the inside, you are a wounded soul. You are haunted by every one of your failed relationships, afraid to make mistakes. And worst of all, you have stopped looking yourself in the eye. That preacher lady you listened to on the internet said something you may want to consider. If you are haunted by even one old relationship, you may be ripe for deception because a woman or a man that is still emotionally flinching from past hurts is sometimes quite vulnerable or desperate for acceptance or validation. I'm not sure what all that means, but I do know this. You keep picking the wrong kind of man and they are not good for your soul. Girl, something has got to change. And I have a feeling that the something just might be you, which means me, whatever. Oh, I'm so confused. And that's really becoming a problem, Lolly. So that's from a book um, that one day will come out. But the point was, it's a self-talk. And a self-talk needs one more voice. It has your voice, but it needs the voice of the Spirit of God to come in and to give you word, the word of God, to begin the you know, let the healing begin, let the changes begin, let the let the truth start to penetrate these areas of of, of self delusion and, and some of this other stuff. So here somebody said how so that's answer how do you get out of a rut after being widowed? You're gonna have to go back to God. You're gonna have to actually look at 
all of the, the, the components of it and see how many of them line up with what you've been called to do. Most of it, it'll be nothing because you were not called to sit in a house and be safe. You were not called to, to put your life on hold and just stop doing anything because of the hurt. You were not called to wallow in, in, a, in, in a mire of pain. You were called to allow the word of God to dwell in you richly and to give all of your pain and give all of your hurts and to give all of these things to the one who is big enough to carry it and for you to be made free. This is, I'm giving such an easy answer to something that it, it takes decision after decision after decision after decision that I will not remain the way that I have been. Your, your, your vanity or the, the need, again, I, I just keep coming. So whoever it is that's going to be listening to this, I understand that you are hurting in a place that you really, really need to be called beautiful or handsome or, or something. And it's like, it's like you think you're not enough. It's like you feel that if somebody doesn't love you, then you're nothing. And I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it. How can you ever think that you're not loved when the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave Jesus? You've been loved before you were even born. You were loved. and You always will be. Now, it may be that God's love for you is not the love that you want, but it's the love that will heal you. And it's the love that makes you whole. And once that happens, not only do you see your, your destination, but you see who's not going to be good for you going there. So, um, and sometimes the you that you've been, you, that person's not good for you. And that's the one that you want to take to the Lord to let him do in you what he wants to do to free you. And because you're going to be there on your journey forever, or you're going to be absent from it. You're going to have to, um, have to maybe too insistent for some of us. But the truth is, is that you get to do this. He wants us to come to him. So widowed for 18 years, and there is a prophetic uh, meaning to 18, but um, it's kind of like things have gotten too fat, too, too heavy, too much. That's one of the areas with this. And it's time to call an end to things as they have been. That's something I just want to say is you get out of a rut by calling and answering. If you were calling an end to it, blow a whistle, game over. I won't be this person anymore. That's one of the ways. There's others. Um, it's really going to the Spirit of the Lord, though, and asking him, how do I get out of this? Because you didn't put me here. How do I move into more of what you are and what you put me here to be and stop being what I've been, whether it was feeling sorry for yourself, again, being afraid, being in so much pain, choosing to just give up. You can't give up. Uh, so that's, we'll do more. And then reading, like I said, Hebrews 6, it's time to progress beyond the basics. And if you so, that told that to yourself, hey, it's time for me to progress beyond the basic life. The basic message here is as of Christ. It's time for me 
to not just be satisfied with being saved. It's time for me to get over being mad with God. It's time for me to, to quit thinking that I am punishing God or I'm teaching him a lesson because of what he allowed to happen to me. Because sometimes we're just mad at him. Why did you let me marry that person and they were going to die? Why did you let me marry that person and they were going to cheat on me or walk away from me? Why did you let me marry that person and then find out that I don't even measure up to their expectation? Why did you let me do that? Okay, because you would have been very upset if he'd stopped you, you know. And um, there's other things to it. But I'm going to ask you to ask yourself a question instead. Why do I want what I think that I want? Why do I settle for what I have allowed myself to settle for? And why am I, why am I still here when everything I desire is there? And why do I look or why do I look to other people thinking they're going to be the answer? They're not. The answer is, <laughs> it may come through people, but don't marry somebody because you think that they fit your um, likes. Don't do it. Uh, don't do it. I, I, another one for me. I was, um, I had a dream a couple years ago. Because um, I had, I had um, some built-in resentments and angers and a whole lot of other stuff because of some trashy relationships. And so I was pretty much a minus and my whole thing. And when I say trashy relationship, I mean, as in me being thrown out, like I was trash. So I sat on that thing for a while and I, I just didn't, I, I was, mm -mm, nope, 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 nope. Right. So one day I remember being at church and my pastor at the time, uh, Dr. Baker, um, actually she was an office prophet and she, she said, how many of you want to be married? You know, raise your hands because God had given her a prayer to pray. I didn't raise my hand and she looked over at me. I was sitting uh, off to the side and she looked at me and she says, don't you, aren't, you better raise your hand. I said, I don't, I'm not sure I want to. I really didn't think I wanted to because I was like, you know, I'm not a man basher. I don't, I, I've, I've gone through some terrible moments maybe in some of these relationships over the years, but I don't, I don't believe in bashing men. I don't believe in, in, I, I don't like those sexist jokes and, and a whole lot of that other kind of stuff. Cause I just love men. I think that they're marvelous people and I have a great appreciation for the strengths that God has graced them with. And I'm really blessed to be around men of God because it's like, wow, these are superheroes right here. So are the women, so are the women, but I'm talking about men right at this moment. So uh, I, I just was like, gosh, you're so wounded. You are so hurt, so messed up on the inside. You are stuck and you don't know that you even want to move forward. And it took a few years. It really did. So I have a dream. And in the dream, there's this man that's coming into a bedroom and he's coming toward me. And um, I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but the, ba the basic thing was he kissed me. Uh, actually, I, he climbed on top of me and he kissed me. I go, oh, no, 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 no. We don't do that. We don't do that because I'm like, we're not married. We don't do that. And um, the kiss was wet and it was sloppy and it was gross, actually. And in the dream, I'm just like, okay, no, you know, that's that's not the way you don't, don't do that, right? He kissed me like a puppy kind of would. And I woke up and I'm like, what was that all about, Lord? Because he was a, he was a, he was a nice looking man and so forth and so on. But the description of him wasn't something that I was thumbs up with. And so I asked the Lord, what is that about? He said, because what I have for you is not to your taste. 
you want what you want and you want me to conform it, to fix it, to shape it, to be a gift from me, but it's not from me because it's not what I have. And he said, so what I have for you is not to your taste. And therefore you're in this, you're stuck because what you want is destructive to you. It will derail you. It won't be those people that you're picking cannot go the full with you because they can't, they can't. <laughs> You'll, me, this is what I learned later, you will never be able to release your roar because these men cannot take you at full strength. They don't have the strength to come alongside of you and, and walk with you. So I was, you know, there it was. And a couple of years after that, I was humbled because I was like, well, okay, if you have somebody for me, he needs to look like this. <laughs> and he needs to be this. He needs to be that. And God does not hear that. Just in case you wondered, he doesn't hear it. I didn't have identity. I did not have a clear picture of me. So therefore he was, he's not about, you know, to, to, um, you know, to lose something else there. And I, I don't even have a clear picture of myself. I'm trying to pull something up that I want to show you guys, but, or not show you, but anyway, as I recall last time I did this, the bottom of my computer shows, but that's okay. I'm using a computer anyway. So that didn't work out, but what happened and I'll, maybe I'll do it next time. Uh, what happened is, is that he gave me a description of myself and I started finding me in the word of God. And so as I went into the word and started, maybe I can give it to you here, because this is, I, I, I just want to take my time. I'm going to take my time. As I started going through this, and I started discovering this person that I, that I am, I started wanting to be her, okay? I read, and I'm going to read a couple of these things to you. I told you I'll expose aspects of myself. Um, this is another little book I wrote. Uh, one thing, do you publish any of these things? I'm working on it. Actually, yes, there's a lot of these little, little books are going to be coming out soon. So soon is relative, but it's within the next six months. So one of the things that I wrote in here, is um, I wrote about my desires and dreams. It said that they're being fulfilled and coming true. Well, they weren't at that particular time. Oh my Lord, no, no. My life was trashed. And I I was the least likely person to come out of a rut. I, I, I was very, 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 mm, no. I'll, I'll share that testimony soon enough. But I, I suffice it to say, I was very overweight and very, not just, physically heavy, but spiritually or soulishly heavy. I carried the weight of my emotions. I carried the weight of sorrow and depression and sadness and and things of this sort. And so therefore, um, no, it wasn't good. And so God in that season of my life, when I looked like disaster and I, I, I just, you know, I was broken. He told me to start writing this little book, this little focus book. And so one thing I so I just started with things like, okay, it was um, just a little notebook thing. In fact, what I did at the beginning 
was I typed, and I thought I just saw that earlier today. Oh, well, I typed up a bunch of uh, sayings, and then I started pasting them on three by five cards. I did have one here, but I don't know what I did with it, so okay, I'll have to show it to you another time. Um, but I started typing these things up, and I put them on these little cards, and I started to, I taped them. <laughs> I taped, oh, and I knew I had one. Oh, food. Okay. Oh, here it is. Good. I knew I did. Okay, you won't see a ponytail this time. We cut my hair. <laughs> anyway, so this is what they look like. What I did is I would put things on there that had to do with finance, but it had to do with the, um, um, unfinished business. He gave me five focuses. And I wrote those down. And here's this one is this is from that thing. So I just would paste on these sides, and they used to be in this little spiral book. And then I said, okay, I, I guess this is actually a book. This is probably the first one I, I started trying to write. And I said, this is my time of restoration. I embrace God's promises for me, keeping the vision ever before me. I had no vision, and I didn't know what the promises were. As he carries me to new heights in him, I take my new ground and move in it purposely. So there, that's going back to that rut thing again and, and being whittled or being divorced or, or whatever it is. It was like, this is what he told me to write. This is my time of restoration. Again, no, that's not what it looked like. It did not look like that at all. I embrace God's promises for me, keeping the vision ever before me as he carries me to new heights in him. I take my new ground and move in it purposefully. Now, where did I get that from? Isaiah 58 verse 14, which says, Thou shalt, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So Isaiah 58 14 became the premise for which I asked him, what is he saying to me? And then I was able to write um, what he said to me. This is your time of restoration. Now this, again, this was uh, 2005, 2005. Uh, uh, four somewhere around that time when I first started doing this and then over the next 10 years or so uh, or five seven years or so I kept writing things so he showed me now after I was thrown away and after I'm you know still desperate but he said I'm going to show you what you look like as a wife and I'm like okay didn't know if I wanted that but I did because I wanted the fellowship I wanted the relationship right he says I am a virtuous woman I am loving, gentle, open, and caring. I walk in God's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I have a kind and generous spirit. I know how to handle the business and people that I am assigned to. I obtain favor from my husband. I am his friend, his confidant, his, his confidant, his lover, and his partner. And the scripture came from Proverbs 12:4. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. So the Lord started giving me scriptures. And then I would sit there and meditate and write these little things out. Why? Because he was showing me the picture of myself. And then I saw myself as one that puts away childish things and behavior, that I bring love, laughter, liberty, light, and life to my husband. I'm a woman of destiny, purpose, influence, and substance. I'm a crown to my husband. He is known in the highest circles of the land. And that told me that I'm influential. And some other things. And the more I read, I started seeing not just the wife, but myself. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm anointed of God to speak his word with authority. 
power, precision, and results. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of his word. When I lay hands on the sick, they recover. When I speak the word of deliverance, it manifests. I agree with God that his word is the only truth, and the king in me awakens the king in others. I am quick to hear, slow to speak, and quick to obey. Where the Holy Spirit leads, I follow. So these were the scriptures, things that I would find in the word, and then he would give me sentences. I am, this is what I look like. And I found when I started, I, I have physical descriptions. So I'm pretty much almost there. Here, I'm beautiful. I'm vibrant. I'm strong. I'm gentle. I'm caring. I'm direct. I'm sweet. I'm romantic. I'm affectionate. I'm appreciated. I'm adorable. I'm soft-spoken. I'm articulate, bright, witty, charming, and likable. I like to play, but I will not be played. I'm desirable, but not available to all. I attract a kingdom caliber of man. I'm a treasure and a gift from God for one man only, my husband, and I wanted to be her. I started reading these things. I'm a beautiful woman, inward and outward. I'm changed, molded, and sculpted by the word of God. I wanted this. I wanted this. It's happening for me. It's manifesting for me. It's being seen, and others are, are telling me these words, words that he gave me about me that I didn't believe. And what am I saying? The word of God, this relationship, this being pulled into this love relationship with the spirit of God, where he releases his love for me to me. And then she teaches me how to give it back, how to, how to, to do the same, to start seeing myself from his point of view. Remember, we talked about that. So, oh, I'm just going along. All right. It's, I told you it'd be different tonight. Um, so here's another one. Can a relationship be a one-sided kingdom relationship, specifically with an adult child who isn't saved or was saved as a child, but has operated outside of God for years? I, I don't know that it would be a one-sided kingdom relationship. I say that you are in kingdom and you are in relationship with the king. And that that influence that you have in that your entire two-way, if you will, full circle kingdom relationship will allow you to speak the words that the king has for you to speak that would bring that relationship with that adult child into alignment. But no, you. I don't think you can have a one. We have a lot of us have one-sided relationships. I've been talking about those. So that's the relationship you got in your mind. That is not really the relationship at all. You have you you. In order to get what you want from your for your child, you start with your relationship as the child of God, as the child of the King, and you allow the King in you to be awakened so that he can awaken the king himself and others so that he can draw that person. Everything you think about that adult child, every judgment that you have about that adult child, every uh, complication that you know about in your current relationship with that adult child, every fear that you have about that child, all of those different factors have to be brought to the spirit of God. And it starts again with you knowing who you are, you getting his description of you and writing that down and allowing that picture. Uh, uh, I think of Proverbs 31, that this is a mom, you know, that my children rise up and call me blessed. Why do they do that? They do it because of the way that my ways are pleasing to God. And it causes even my enemies to be at peace with me. That happens because the king shows you the picture of your child, shows you you, shows you that relationship and shows you what you really are like as a mom, what you really like as a dad, what you really like from God's point of view, not from the acceptable 
uh, connections that we have in the earth. Okay. So um, whether the adult child, I, I see, and I kind of think they were, they says here who isn't saved or was saved as a child, but has operated outside of God for years. Well, that doesn't mean that God's not working. You know, we have our own opinions about how he should work and the things that should be and all that kind of stuff. But just, I was that I was eight. Um, probably when I walked the walk at the, the church that I grew up in and went forward to become a candidate for baptism. Um, <laughs> um, ouch. Sorry, that hurts. That one little tooth right there, it's got a ghost in, but yeah. Anyway. I got derailed through things that happened. And I lived quite the victim's hellacious life. I was in love with Jesus at eight, at nine, age, age nine. I, I really, really loved him. I, I didn't know anything about him, but he called me and I answered. But I didn't live that life growing up. I lived differently. I lived um, a teenage life, a raucous kind of life, a sin-filled life. I, and I got worse and worse again because the the pain from the rapes and the this and the this from the, from long ago, all of those things were were my emotions that were driving. They drove the vehicle that I lived in. I and I, I've said this. I've described myself this way before. I was not a person that made things happen. I was a person that things happened to. I was a victim just looking for somebody to victimize me. And so there were a lot of predators out there that were willing to do it. When I came into the kingdom, when I came became born from above, I still carried that victim. I was still somebody that things happened to. I was still expecting to wait to be picked off of the bench or I got aggressive about it. And, you know, he showed interest in me. That was my ready, said, go, let me go after him. Now, I'm that way with friends. I like to pursue friendships, but I don't chase that way because what's different now is great affection versus uh, desperation, you see. And, and what am I telling you? That God never stops working. So this child, that you look at this prodigal that has operated outside of God for years, it's just wounds. It's just things that can be prayed away. It's just things that he's he's got the words that you need to speak into the life of this child or this husband or this wife or this sibling or whoever it is, his parent. He's got the words that will turn the situation around. And you are a witness to that because he did it for you. Even if you say, well, I was raised in the church and I grew up in the church. Maybe you did. You know, sweet thing, maybe you did. And I think that's great. But there was a day in your life when you needed him differently from what you always knew you had. There's a day in your life when your love for him changes to something different from the, I've always loved Jesus. I, 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 I love that people are able to say that. But sometimes I didn't love me. Even though Jesus said he loved me, I, I didn't necessarily love me back, right? Those are the things that he's got words. He's got a whole bunch, if you will, a whole lot of words that will, I do this every single time. Y'all know this. I'm always going to hold this up because this is it. You hear me? This is it. This is where you can be found. We are all in here. There are descriptions of us and and are overcoming. So there is a description of that adult child in this word. And you may have the honor of finding it 
and releasing it into the earth. And he, the king, will do the rest. So I hope that answers it. If not, post something else and we'll go on. And then they said, self-care is an essential part of acknowledging how God sees me and adapting my thoughts to his thoughts concerning me. And I like that. And adapting is a great word, but I, I like a, another word better, submitting. How about self-care is an essential part of acknowledging how God sees me and submitting my thoughts to his thoughts concerning me. Apostle Baker teaches on the mind of Christ. And if you get an opportunity, if you have not seen it yet, her Tuesday night, meaning yesterday's, um, uh, really telling it like it is broadcast. She talks about the mind of Christ and, and this hunger to let that mind be in and transform. And so I heart, I truly recommend that you watch it and take notes from it and maybe listen to it again or something because I, I think it, it kind of speaks to this. Um, uh, how, I, not as essential part of acknowledging, but sometimes with this, we need to do more and just acknowledge. I think of acknowledge like a nod. So I could be wrong because you may have a different way of defining that word. But how God sees me, I've got to know this because we live lives that are based on how the world sees us more so and how we see ourselves through the eyes of the world. We don't look at ourselves often through the eyes of Christ. And again, where are those eyes? The word of God, because he's got something in there for us. All right. So I love that though, and thank you so much, sweet one, because I know who you are and I love what you're doing. I love how you express words. So work with those or let's get together and let's see what you come up with because I'd love to see what you, what you write out of this. So then somebody else wrote a comment, longing for companionship and seeking the companionship of the Father must be my goal. Then there might be room for another, a healthy relationship with my father first. That's what I need. And I agree with that, but I'm also going to say this to you guys, um, ladies, gentlemen. Would you please stop trying to be the expert on what the right time is for you? <laughs> it's not time yet. It's not time yet. It's not time yet. And then you die. And you never did anything because you kept saying one time. Jesus said it. And did you notice that it, his mother the spirit of the Lord intervened and said, ah, you may say it's not time, but it is time. You see, it's not you saying it. It's God saying it. Yes, my priority is a healthy relationship with my father first. Okay. But since God meets that need and you're submitting to that need, why do you think he works so slow? Why can't he work simultaneously? Why couldn't you let him bring into your life what he wants to bring into your life or who he wants to bring into your life. And at the same time, you just keep going back to him and talking about it. He's really dreamy. I really like her. She's really him. Uh, he's really this or she's really this. And go back and talk. And They don't seem to like me as much as I thought that they would. Okay, fine. Go, go back and talk to God. Um, why couldn't? Why wouldn't you want to let what he wants to bring come? It might be a new car. I really, really like my car, but I'm still going to go back and talk to God. You know, I see my BMW convertible. <laughs> sure can. And someday, um, uh, someday soon, you know, but I'm, I'm not running after it. It's, it's just one of something that's fun for me. And I always liked my, my, those kind of cars and stuff, but here's my point. It's not about the car. It's like, whatever it is, the car, the house, the, the, the shoes, the, the jewelry, the, 
the relationships, the, the, the money, whatever he allow him to start to bring that in and then go talk to him so that he can teach you how to never put anything or anybody, including yourself, in front of him. Because you see, we want, it's like faith. People talk about, I have great faith. I have great faith, but it's not tested because you're not, nothing is coming to challenge it. You know, when you know that you have faith, it's when the thing comes, the opposition comes and you find that faith will go to work for you. Faith is, is it, it, if it's not used, if it's dormant, is, is it really faith? I don't think so. I think that it's a good idea, a good opinion that you have about yourself. But faith can test. It, it, it takes us through the fires. It fires up on the inside of us. And we start winning. We overcome. We, we, have, we operate in grace. We operate in power. We, faith activates the power of the blood of Jesus. Faith is a legal um, currency from the kingdom of heaven, and it's necessary to use it in the earth. You cannot say, pray, God's kingdom come, God's will be done in earth as in heaven, and not exercise faith. You're going to have to stand. Uh, and I love the way I heard uh, Apostle Cal Cook of Golden Altar Ministries. And, and he, I heard him on a Zoom call recently, uh, not too long ago. And he said that he, when he knows that he's seated, it, he's, he's in a seated position in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2. Um, then he knows that he can stand. And that's an, a true release of faith. It's because faith is going to work by love. So if you're releasing faith, you're also going to be releasing love. And you're going to be releasing patience. And you're going to be releasing the expectations of heaven uh, to get the results of heaven. So it's going to come from uh, not your mind, but the mind of Christ. We, It's God's faith, not ours. And so it it is designed it's tempered to to overcome and to win every war and that's a whole nother subject i'd like to get into but just consider that write your comments ask your questions as you see we will bring those back okay i've got one more uh comment they said hi pastor lindsay thank you for saying what you said nuts last week and doing what you do after watching this broadcast i sat overwhelmed speechless and then asked god what do i do I turned off the computer and eventually went to sleep. I've been listening to this broadcast. I believe he's talking about last week. Heard it at least two more times. It, the broadcast, he, God Almighty, through you, and this broadcast is working in and on me. Changes. It has not been comfortable, but it is good. I did download and print the study notes. I have yet to begin reading. Thank you for reading a portion of John chapter 15 from the Passion Translation. That was my reading the next morning after watching this broadcast. What is overwhelming is this conversation about the love of God and my accepting of his love. Finding so many areas where I never knew I did not accept God's love for me. He's showing me how I have not loved people. This broadcast has also been a wonderful way for me to repair my relationships. The actual broadcast itself. So many of my relationships have been false. Again, thank you. Now this is actually one of our folks. And I love what he said here. Because... That's what we're doing. We're exposing the phony. Um, I personally am not interested in you guys telling me how wonderful, marvelous, and amazing everything is because sometimes it's not. I want what I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is telling us is I want you to look at the relationship with yourself and with me. And I want you to see that 
thoughts that take you into the doldrums, into sad places, of the thoughts that you have entertained or allowed to be, that I have a remedy for that and that you are going to learn to break the pattern of depression or oppression or self-pity or um, insecurity, going to break, going to destroy these patterns. The, we're, we refer to Jesus, the Lord Jesus, as the patterned son. And the reason he's called that, one of the, 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 the understandings is the fact that he sets the pattern. Scripture tells you in Old Testament, do every, make sure you do everything according to the pattern. When they were building the temple, when Moses was getting instructions, it said, see that you do it according to the pattern. Well, Jesus is the pattern. He is the example for how to walk and live as a son of God and how to overcome as a son and to walk in the comfort and the power of, of the security of the love of God, even to the, 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 whatever the difficulties are that we're facing in life. So I'm going to, I have just a few more minutes uh, and then I want to wind this down. But in this, in these questions that we have, that it was, you were to learn how to um, apply these things, personal insight into kingdom truths. You've been, because you've chosen to seek the Holy Spirit to give you a personal insight into how these kingdom truths are to be applied to your own life. So the first thing that we said after I give those instructions which you can read is that our our focus is the quality of every one of our relationships. And why do they have to connect to God? Why does every one of our relationships have to connect to God? I want you to look in the word. I want you to find scriptures where he has the preeminence, where it says, because you're going to find it in the pattern son. Jesus brought the father into every relationship that he had. The relationship he had with his disciples, the relationship he had with his mother and his brothers, and, and the relationship that he had with the, the different women that supported his ministry, the relationship that he had with the Pharisees. Jesus brought his relationship with the Father into all of it. How do we know? Because he said, I only do what I hear or see. Uh, whatever's happening with the Father, that's what's going to be the thing that you get from me. So you and I, we're going to have to see this is the pattern that God is supposed to be involved in everything. You know, if you get God involved in your sin, you won't be in sin very long. You're going to leave one or the other, okay? And most likely you're going to leave the sin and you're going to yield to God. Um, I'm going to do that because I can't stand looking at this heavy thing. Okay. Um, you're going to, Listen and look for his voice. Um, why? So that's a, an answer, but put scripture to it. Why do my relationships have to, you know, be connected to God? According to 1 Samuel 16, 7, um, Amplified, uh, B, Part B, the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you a new insight to the way that God sees you. Ask him to teach you how to only see yourself from his point of view. Okay. I'm going to tie this and connect this in with what we were talking about at the top of this uh, tonight's class, where we said every relationship we have is rooted in love for someone, something, or some desire, or some belief. Now is when you start looking at even what seems to be good. Even what seems to be good. This is the perfect person for me. This is the perfect job, house, car, uh, food, whatever. Um, 
I want you to say that you see that the Lord doesn't see as you do. So what is your reasoning for your beliefs that what you've chosen is the best for you? Because as soon as it starts departing to, well, it makes me feel good, or I just think it, we seem to vibe together, or this is happening, or that's happening, or the, it just, it's sweet to my taste, or whatever. But is it the taste that God gave you? You see, that's what he told me as I, I shared about a dream I had. He said, what I have for you is not to your taste. So my taste buds had to change. They have changed a lot since then. Okay. And, um, and he was in that case specifically talking about a man. And then I'll go into this in a, in a later broadcast, but I do want to tell you. And then what he did after he gave me my description, he gave me a description of the man that I will marry. He really did. I mean, uh, not, oh, he's this tall, he's this, he says, no, no, no. I only got one thing about that, and that's another day. But, and it's funny, it was an inside joke between myself and the Holy Spirit. But he gave me, I think it's 25 points of things about this person. And, and I mean, it goes all over the place. It describes different aspects of his, of him and so forth. And, um, it's helped me tremendously when I can read it and I chat with people or whatever. And it's like, nope, you don't fit the description. It's not a list. Um, ouch, that hurt. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, it's not a list. Like I want a man that's this and this and this. Y'all got those toilet paper lists. You know, you write it on a piece of toilet. You need to flush it because it's, it's not. That's not it. No, it's not one of those 27 points for a dating site or 120 points or whatever those things are. No, that's not it. What he did is he told me this is what the qualities and the and 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 different things in the person that are that you will see just as they prophesied about Jesus and they knew the signs to look for and only one fit the description. That's what God did is he gave me a description. And um, this was necessary for one such as I, because I used to go around thinking maybe that would be the one for me. Maybe this guy would fit maybe. And what I meant by that is maybe I could adjust myself enough to fit him. God says, no, you get to roar. And I have a loud one. You get to completely manifest in the fullness of what I put you here to be. That's what he's telling everybody. Even though I'm talking and pointing uh, out things about myself, I'm not doing this to, to let you know so much about me, though you are learning me. I'm giving you this part of relationship to say, this is what the spirit of God is saying. This is not a private interpretation. This is for all of us, male and female. I want you to be able to roar. Men, you need to, you know, those of you that are, she's got to be, you know, you may think it'd be cute to just try to rescue her or she can do a few little things, but if she can't keep with you, if she can't run with you, she may not be of you. She's actually, ladies, we are a rib. We are, this shall be bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We're a part, we, we are part of the, the same that's why it's called one flesh. 
and and then you know bigger than that is the bride is is what we all are as the body of Christ. So even the natural what you call the earthly weddings, which I think are supposed to be supernatural marriages, um, it's supposed to be that way. But it's not going to fit your. Uh, don't let you be the final authority. Make sure that you hear God. Now, I don't know who listens to me, but whoever, whatever I'm saying now, I'm saying it because those of you that are hearing, you need to hear this. So God, man looks on the outward appearance. You're looking at it that way somewhere. You're looking at it from how it matches you, how you like it, how it looks like it would feel good, how it would be this, how it would be that. And that's all fine and dandy and I've done it. But God looks on the heart. Somebody might look at me and think, hey, yeah, yeah, um, or oh, no, 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 whatever they're thinking. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you new insight to the way that God sees you and then to give you new insight into seeing your life the way he does, because then you'll know what fits you. You won't make a mistake. Don't be afraid of making a mistake. If you've got needs, I just want somebody to love me. Get healed. Go go to the Spirit of God or and also reach out to us because we'll we'll take you to the Spirit of God. We'll pray with you and minister and give you the word. And 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 I do a lot of one-on-one Bible studies or discipling kind of things because and and I offer friendship in that because that's what we want is to build each other up. I get as much out of it as the people that I have been blessed to study with. I learn from their questions and then they start teaching and then I learn from their insights because I'm never ever going to be so uh, smart that I can't learn from somebody else. I like learning from other people. That's relationships again, friendships and, and things of that sort, okay? So what about you? Everything I've been saying as you do you might have been doing a comparison so where are you similar to me and where are you different and when I start saying those things it's like what scriptures do you have that describe you that way these are the things that also start getting us out of the mold of the old and uh, start to truly step into kingdom destiny kingdom relationship so those are the things that I wanted to talk about tonight it's different from um, maybe some of the other ways I'm going to teach. We'll do a lot more scriptures, though I gave you quite uh, quite more maybe than you realize um, that there are some things that uh, I want you to to pick up when you do personal journaling, because this opening discussion included pursuing and understanding to four of the numerous relationships that we're going to look at. So your insights, your discoveries, and your areas of growth, write them down and pay attention to your areas of avoidance, procrastination, and your argumentative attitude. I don't know who y'all are in love with, so I'm not trying to break up you and your boo, okay? Um, but if y'all need to break up, if you if you find that God has, you, you, you've got an interest in a direction that he's not taking you, um, let him change your course because... Your objective in this earth is not to get your needs met. Your objective in this earth is to fulfill your call. That's what the kingdom is about. It's taking on the thoughts of the king. It's thinking only the way he does. 
It's allowing only what he allows, and it's disallowing what he says is not right. It is learning to yield and to submit words that are just going to become some of your favorites. Repentance is about changing the way you think to start thinking like he thinks. And I'm going to recommend that you practice even um, asking and listening and discerning the difference. He, he'll teach you how to discern the difference between what you want and what he has. What God has is always superior to what we think we want, even if it doesn't come in the right package. Then there's a lot of things that come in packaging that we don't like that turn out to be some of the best things that ever happened to us. So that's all that I have to say tonight. I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to listen to this. Um, it's our Wednesday night Bible study, so I'm sure that the um, the, the usual stuff for the tithes and offerings, you can definitely give online and, and do all of that. I'm speaking primarily to Astounding Love people, but if you're someone else, you don't need me to tell you, but anyway, the information is there. Um, we don't actually, some people are wanting to know uh, where our church is. Well, we're not meeting in a church building right now. We actually just departed out of the, the trade zone a few weeks ago. So we meet, and uh, we're actually doing a, ho a home believers meeting right now in our apostles' home. We also have people that join us on Zoom. And I think very shortly we'll also go back out to doing it Facebook Live from there. It has been some of the most marvelous times because so many different people get a chance to teach and to share and to pray and then we break the bread together. I actually was on a Zoom call and I heard a man of God talking about these actions, Apostle Michael Fram. And um, what he taught was just outstanding about how apostolic hubs work. We are building relationship on another level from what we did before. By teaching this class and making it more public, I am um, endeavoring to do the same thing. My job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I'm part of the fivefold. And what I want to impart in you also, to you, I should say, is the willingness to be exposed to ridicule or whatever it is that people have to say. If it can change the life of one or two or more, if it can change your life, then you see, I did my job. I am not important in the scheme of things in terms of trying to hide or try to um, pretend. It's stripped. So there's a lot of imperfection that you will see when you see me. But what you'll also see is Psalm 138, verse 8, working. The Lord will perfect the things that concern me, like get my teeth fixed right, and things with my eyes, or this or that. Those are the externals, beloved. The Lord matures, brings to completion. That's what that word perfects means. Brings to maturity, brings to completion. Every disruptor, every every uh, situation in your life where you need, you know, unfinished things. You're going to learn how to complete unfinished scenarios. That's what Kingdom 101 relationships is about because everything in the kingdom is based on a relationship. And tonight, we got a little further with stories, anecdotes, and comments from other people to uh, and questions 
to helping you to assess or really let the spirit of the Lord just tell you. We do self-assessment. Learn to listen. Well, I don't know how. Okay, reach out. Contact us at astoundingleft.org. Post in the Facebook. We'll communicate with you. We will endeavor to walk hand in hand with you, even if you're not a touchy person. And let's grow in the things of God together. You're helping me tremendously by doing this. And I am going, I promise you, I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep sowing. <laughs> not trying to rhyme, but there it is. And I'm going to keep loving, trusting. And I have to really work on my own mind because sometimes it wants to go to some crazy places. So anyway, that's it for tonight. I am Lindsay Lee. She is the pastor of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. Uh, wherever we happen to meet, I am also your uh, prophetic teacher tonight because I know we spoke some different things out. And I love you so much. Oh, so, so much. And I'm grateful to God for you. I'm praying for you. If you had a prayer request, make sure you let us know. I love you astoundingly. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.